Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects. We have two really cool guests with us today from Ignite. What about you? Cloud Architects. Yeah. Yeah, he's not architects. Cool. I know, eh? Patch and switch. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> the living legends. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or legendary, at least, if you prefer yeah. that. Uh, dairy, probably. Dairy. Yeah. Dairy. Uh, is this an allergy show? <laughs> it's an allergy-free zone. Allergy-free? Yeah. Lactose-free. <laughs> and it's a lactose-safe zone, too. I had my almond milk latte earlier today. I'm all set. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, nice. That's fantastic. And how's your week been, Jens? It's been busy, but it's been fantastic. Uh, getting a chance to see everyone, see the community, the MVPs, the uh, our customers. I still have meetings left to do the rest oh, really? of, of wow. the day. I have dinner tonight uh, with a group of partners that uh, I manage. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been busy. It's been kind of crazy having to maintain your day job, plus also yes. all the community aspects of, oh, the, yeah. of the event itself. Like Joey, uh, I also have some some meetings besides recording podcasts with folks like you, uh, with the customers, and also uh, an evening meeting as well too. So, but we are under the impression that you just your full time job is to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, nobody really wants to see that. Actually, <laughs> a couple times a year. All right, that's enough for other. So then, what technically is your job titles? Like, what, do so, we, what do they call you? So I'm actually called a uh, cloud advocate lead. So I ah. have built a, I've built a team of seven people that are smarter than me that go off and create amazing content that is in demand by our customers and by our partners and by the community online uh, that cover a variety of topics. And my particular team is focused on the operations side of mm -hmm. Azure for the IT Pro audience and for the architects audience. Uh, for architecture, primarily VMs, but then also talking a bit about Kubernetes and containers and future looking, uh, and then also a bit in the identity space and security space uh, as well. But then we also handle the modernization of on-premises as well. Mm. A lot of our customers, the majority of the customers that are out there are still very much having an on-premises focus, yes. and we're trying to get them modernized. They can start mm. to take advantage of some of the goodness that is inside of the Azure world. I'm a senior program manager in the identity team. So I work in the Azure Active Directory team. And what I do is I have uh, inside of, of the engineering team, we have a customer and partner experience team, which is designed basically to help us um, get feedback back to our engineering team faster um, and help our customers get deployed and to be successful. Mm. Uh, customers and partners as well. So I manage a group of partners that uh, help our customers get our product deployed, get uh, managed services built around them, uh, help get them secure. Um, all around identity and Azure Active Directory. Oh, we love your world. We we really do. <laughs> we had Elizabeth I love Olsen my world on. Too. Yeah. We had Elizabeth Olsen on earlier on the show. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, second year in a row. And uh, one. So of there's absolutely nothing I can add to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> except that Rick promised us that by your exceptionally good looks, you'd balance everything out. Absolutely. Yeah. At least his face for radio. Yeah. I do. I completely have a face for radio. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, your team. Your team is the the cloud. The cloud advocate teams are incredible. 
Yeah, we spent but, some time with them on yeah. the road, and they're amazing. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, last year and in, uh, in in Hong Kong, uh, we got to mess around with. <laughs> it was good fun. Good, it was good. good fun. And in Johannesburg. Jo- oh, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. there for Joe Berg. Yeah. Actually, I yeah. met yeah. you in Johannesburg. Right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Joe Berg was fun. This, so this year we've expanded, uh, kicking off starting tomorrow, <laughs> which is Saturday when we're recording this. Uh, I'm flying to Paris, and we're kicking off Ignite the Tour, 30-plus stops around the world this time. We've doubled the number yep. of stops almost. Uh, and my team will be, at least one or two of my team will be at every single city stop uh, to be able wow. to make sure we have coverage. Uh, so we have a consistently high level of content and also mm. high level of engagement. So... If you look up uh, Microsoft Ignite the Tour, you'll see the cities. They're free events you can go off and subscribe to and go off to and, and show up in your local city. It's mostly international tour. There's only, I think, three or four cities in the U.S. Uh, primarily, it's international for international audience. A lot audience. more in China. Uh, right. Yes, there's definitely more in China, Tokyo, Japan. Um, and I'll be in Beijing in December. Oh, I've never been to Beijing before. Yeah. That'll be fine. Yeah, I'm on my way to Shanghai right after this. It's the first time ever to Shanghai as well. Awesome. Really, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. So let's talk about our topic just for a little bit. Oh, we, oh, we, th- we have topics. Oh, we have why? topics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought I, was just here, I thought I was just here to chit-chat. Well, I <laughs> suppose it's, it ties in nicely to the announcements that were yeah. made this week. So um, if we have to look, one of the big announcements inside of Azure was Arc. Yep. And that's multi-cloud, on-prem, the whole thing. What are you guys' uh, thoughts on that? Let's just define Arc quickly for yeah. people who don't know what that is. And go. And go. I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm I'm curious. No, see, this is kind of a test to see how the message was received by someone other than Microsoft for what it was given. So I am curious to find out. So so Arc is the ability to manage devices and um, servers and VDIs and containers and Kubernetes clusters. So workloads that aren't necessarily inside of Azure. So they can be in AWS, they can be on-premises, um, and they can also help you move and manage those workloads as well. Um, and the biggest thing about Arc is that it's free. When you think about what Amazon is charging, Amazon, are, which I think they're charging somewhere in the region of like $8,000 a month per Kubernetes cluster or whatever the case might be, whereas Azure is doing it for free. Joey, so, did you I mean, know that? I just saw a bit of a look from you oh, on that Hang one. on a second. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the messaging works. <laughs> so it's it's a it's an architecture that allows you to, uh, if you think about it, in the in the Azure world internally in engineering, and I think we talk about this publicly too. I should probably figure that out before I say it. Uh, <laughs> we talk about resource providers, right? So the different resource providers to be able to spawn up resources inside of Azure, as an example, uh, we're extending that to also now have resource providers that can work in different locations, uh, because in case you didn't know. Um, other clouds are pretty protective about their stuff and they don't expose any APIs, don't expose anything to the outside world. They want you to use their management and monitoring tools yep. or for you to buy a third-party service to go in and to do those different management and stuff. So we're basically now able to go in and to start to bubble up stuff. Um, you know, at The first level of things that are going to be going on are going to require some level of an, of an install inside yep. those other areas. So you have to put some stuff on the Kubernetes hosts to be able to go off the nodes and the, and the management nodes. You'll have to be able to go in and put in a, a hybrid resource provider for on-premises machines. Yep. But then they appear as resources inside yep. of Azure. 
And then once they're inside of Azure as a resource, then all the goodness that is inside of Azure can take place. And you can have log analytics take place. You can have security recommendations take place. You can have monitoring alerts and performance alerts take place. You recommendations. can upgrade Kubernetes even straight from the panel. Yep. So, so the, the, the capabilities are being laid out, and they'll be continuing to evolve as they go. Uh, but uh, it was a pretty substantial um, viewpoint that we gave this uh, earlier in the week with the initial keynote. I think it was Gabe, um, Gabe, Gabe Mon mm. Monroy, I was to say Monroy or Molloy. It's Monroy, I think it is. I should know this because I, I, I said hello to him the first day he joined Microsoft <laughs> from Deus uh, back in the day from Colorado. Uh, he did the phenomenal demo uh, about how uh, Arc is going to be going off and working. I think one of my favorite components of Arc, and, and again, it's not a single thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's a set of it's a set of technologies Everything, that, yeah. that, that allow things. Um, is the ability to do policy and governance. Mm. So basically, it allows you to um, leverage some of the, the configuration, security configuration, and, go and governance of the server. Is very. I mean, everybody probably knows group policy. Uh, there are people in this world uh, that have on their resume, I'm a group policy expert, yes. right? And they know how to do that. You can think of some of the components of ARC and, and, and managing and, and these policies is kind of a, like a group policy. This is the next 20 years. Yes. Yeah. So for the past yeah. 20 years, we've been doing group policy. On-premises, uh, on local, right? Contained. So you can yeah. think of this, um, and, 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 and mostly the, the, on the service side, um, as that's, that's how you're going to manage those configurations. Cool. And you can take some of the, the practices that we already have when you spin up um, Azure VMs and some of those things uh, and, and apply those same policies in a very consistent manner to resources regardless of where those resources live. Yeah. Um, and it's really just kind of this next step um, as we move toward, I mean, we talked multi-cloud and multi-cloud can exist on-premises as well. What about right. my on-premises VMware estate? Um, initially, we're looking at doing it from a VM inside of a, the host configuration, right? We're not looking at the individual lower-level fabrics at this point in time. It's a natural extension. Again, I don't want to say any forward-looking statements because I don't have the details to be able to pry out of me, which is good. Uh, <laughs> but if I look at it, I just see a VM as a VM as a VM. I don't care yeah. where it is. Um, uh, we don't at this time have any kind of inter lower level knowledge of what's happening down below um, until you start going into things like our migration tools. Our migration tools do have the ability to go in and to take a look at the underlying vCloud platform. Which yeah. has also uh, been completely in. redone, Up updated, updated, redone, yeah, this week. Yeah. Don't ask me questions on that one there. I, I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a book of news in case you're wondering. Yes, do yes, you folks yes, know about that? Yes, yeah. Uh, yes. The book of news is available for download from the news.microsoft.com website that lists off. And you were saying the table of contents is how many pages long? Do you remember? I, I, I think I, I, I want to say it was 14 or 15 pages. Just yes. the table just of the contents. Table of contents. Yes. yes. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and then it has the details of all the different functions and features that we announced, as, or rather, the solutions that we've announced. We no longer do the functions and features things anymore. Yep. But how exciting is it that I have a virtual machine which could be on just about anything. It could be VMware, it could be on OpenStack, it could be on whatever, and I can see it in Portal, and I can report an instrument on it. To me, that's going to be invaluable. I mean, uh, the customers that I've seen and I talked with as well, as I mentioned, a lot of people in, in the space that I work in with modernization are very much in a 
now I'm starting to look at the cloud. I mean, in your consultancies, working much more cloud forward, you're mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of customers that are very much cutting edge and wanting to be there. Now we're starting to see that that particular first level of the curve has gone and coming and they're there and they buy into it. Mm -hmm. Now we've got this big, massive wave coming behind them that are now starting to be able to come forward and want to want to know what to do. So, yeah, the, the ability to include them and have them visible inside the inside the portal, as you mentioned, to be able to put policy against them mm -hmm. and RBAC against them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to install the hybrid agent on the different machines. Uh, it's going to be very powerful. And as you mentioned at the very beginning of all this, it's not just VMs. Yep. VMs is obviously where 80% of our customers are going to be right mm -hmm. now for what they're comfortable working with. Net new development or, or modernization of existing workloads that are being reimagined off of VMs into something more compact uh, are going to be looking at containers. Kubernetes is the current winner in that space. Uh, and then also potentially re-architecting and looking at even avoiding Kubernetes and going straight to a microservices architecture mm. instead. All that's coming down the road, but more and more people are looking at um, how can I get immediate value now using something like Arc and using the hybrid RP and other things like that to put all the stuff inside of one, one spot. It sounds marketing, but you know, one pane of glass, the idea it's all in one spot. It's like the show's done, we can leave. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great talking to you. Multicrowd. And we're done. <laughs> no, now we can go back to what we were originally talking about. <laughs> but, 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 but listen, you know, when, when we talk multi-cloud, it, it was interesting. I had a conversation with Aaron Chappell, um, and, and it's, it's kind of this, the, it comes in waves, right? And, and you look, it's like, okay, um, we're going to do this thing on-prem, then you move to the cloud, and then you're expanding out beyond clouds. And then there may come a time where you eventually have to come back down again yes right but you need to still be able to treat those those resources if that as if they are um, sure. cloud scalable resources and all the things that they were working on in azure uh uh and, and the announcements that they made around uh that the arc stuff this uh this ignite that's exactly what what, yeah. what they're doing so it's it's not so much where anymore mm. and and it's just using that methodology yeah i i think uh there was a tweet that uh, Jeff Woolsey put out, which was hilarious, uh, this week. He's like, our hybrid strategy is a true and full planned out, complete strategy, multi-cloud, on-premises, exclusively cloud, exclusively on-premises, uh, then also multi-cloud as well. And it's, the intelligent edge now. And, and the intelligent edge and as well. Edge. Yep. And he's like, it's not a checkbox, That's right. right? It's not like, oh... Other cloud vendor, yeah, we do hybrid, check. Yes. They can get past the RFC or something like that. We actually have a full documented way of how we can go off and do this sort of stuff. It's, it's important to note that the reality is, is hybrid's going to exist for a very long time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's something that we take very seriously inside of, in, inside of Active Directory, Azure Active Directory. Um, and making sure that we have the, the, the ability to provide the security, uh, to provide the governance, and to provide the compliance is absolutely key, no matter where you are. So we uh, spent a lot of time here at Ignite complementing a lot of that hybrid messaging that was occurring, uh, not just on the platform side, but also on the identity side, right? We start looking at how can you secure and ma uh, those identities. That's well, you key. see, that's, that's where security has moved. So um, again, so like one of my sessions now that I'm doing in a, in a, in a couple of minutes is on... Um, <laughs> you have to wrap this one up soon. He's like, he's take, over here. He's take like, my yeah. I've got to go now. I've got to go now. Um, uh, is firewalls inside of Azure, right? Network virtual appliances and how people still need them because of certain things. But um, ideally, the firewall is not the protection mechanism anymore. No, not it's at all. It's like the person, 
right? It's so, the identity. That's yeah. It. So, yeah. so the identity is the way you secure your resources. It's not the fact that your SQL server's out on the internet. No. It's got nothing to do with that no. anymore. So we're moving in that way where identity is the most important thing. There. The, the, the way I talk about this is that before we kind of had all of these things together inside. We had we had the user, the identity. You had the the, the platform and the, the devices, the server, the application. You have the data. And, and, and really group policy and some of the things that we had inside of uh, on-prem AD kind of did a little of this and a little yes. of that that kind of crossed all of them. With Azure Active Directory, we had to split that out. And we have, to, look, it's an IAM. That's what mm. it is. It's, it's purely an identity provider. And it's the one that we want everybody to use. And it does one thing, which is identity. identity and, it, and it manages it, it protects it. You want to connect your apps to the identity, have that single identity that is protected because it is that, um, Alex Simons likes to call it the control plane. We've done a lot mm. of control plane talking around the Azure side of here, and it, but that's it. It's that single place. It's that, yeah. that one place. That, and you know that uh, that identity is, is trusted. And, and then more importantly, that the session that the identity uh, has actually initiated is also trusted and secure. Yeah. So, you know, it's first make sure you turn on MFA because passwords suck. Hmm. Um, and until we can get rid of that, and we're in the we we, we really are in in the process of doing that. I think we've crossed the chasm now, um, in terms of um, over a million um, identities are managed passwordless so far. And we um, we some of those we've been running passwordless for months. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of investments, a lot of talk around passwordless. It is real. These are these are things you can do today, um, and and eventually it's our it's our goal and our mission to get rid of passwords altogether. And then in the future, change the way identity is handled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's super cool and exciting. The, I think my favorite part about this is that just like the, the ARC things, this all can be done now and it can all be done across no matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, and, and and if you're if you're on-prem, you're in Azure, you're in other clouds. And it's, it's not still hard. That identity. It's not hard either. No, it, no, it's. It, Do you know it, what I mean? Really like not. to turn MFA on or to take your password away is really not hard. You like tick no. a box and it's gone. Or to even bring your own yeah. identity in yeah. and federate through Google, but still manage your object in, in Azure AD B two B again. So there's yeah. just so much goodness in there, and then yeah. policy and control them. And I still only have one directory. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. We, we, Leveraging conditional access and the things that we can do through conditional access policies is really kind of the game changer. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of look at turning on MFA as it, it's it's kind of three major things. When you turn on MFA for everything for everyone, which is really a bad experience, as <laughs> as somebody who was on the Oops. early insiders <laughs> of when we did it at Microsoft, it's like oh my gosh, yeah, approve, 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 yes. approve. And 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 I've actually had customers that uh, uh, that have gone through this route. And uh, I was just I was I was just over in Ireland. And I was speaking with a customer, and and they're they're really struggling because they did this the first time and it was not a good experience. And so their CIO is so really hesitant to go do it again. A little yeah. bit gunshot, but, yeah. but now we actually, through conditional access, and that's that's stage two, right? Yeah. Being able to do conditional access and, and make those, uh, you know, rules around when do you, uh, mm. based on your location, your risk, those, those types of things. And then that third step is taking it out of the hands of IT to, to, to making making the determination of if the, the user is risky or the session is risky. And that's all that's all around um, identity protection. And that's by leveraging the trillions and trillions and trillions of signals that we get every single day. I mean, a lot of people don't understand. We authenticate 45 billion authentications in a month. <laughs> tenant to tenant migration. Right. 
Yep. Tenant to tenant migration is hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I blame you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and and we know. No, we, we we know. And this is this is this is work. This is work that we're doing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's work that we continue to do. I, and I don't want to make any, like, Rick, I'm going to stay away from forward, forward yeah. statements, but these, this is the type of feedback, but it's also the feedback that, and, and information that we need. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, and it's why that, uh, it's inevitably a company is going to be bought or sold. It's always, it's always going to well, happen. Look, M&A is some yeah. of our biggest, oh, it's M- huge. but yeah. there's also, that's also opportunity. Yeah. Right. We, we look at it as yeah. uh, from, from both sure, sides of the fence. Sure. It's something that, that, that we have to address because that's what our customers are doing. Yes. And I, I want to be clear. We don't do anything inside of Azure Active Directory unless there's a customer need to do it. Yeah. We no longer sit in a room on whiteboards and come up with shiny disco ball things thinking, well, if we could only get our customers to adopt this. Yeah. It doesn't even get to the next stage until there's a customer story. Customer story. Every time we build a new feature inside of the service, it is tented inside of a private preview first before it goes out into a broader public preview. All the feedback comes in, all the changes and modifications. And there are times that something will sit in that public preview for a considerable amount of time because maybe we didn't get it exactly right Mm. the first time. VNet integration. it's up to us to make that modification based on what our customers needs, not not how we look at that. And then, you know, we'll obviously put it into GA. And that is something, that's why I am in the space. That's why I'm in the team. Um, we are that customer obsessed. I have 80 engineers here that have been wow. just absolutely inundated in the booth. Um, in addition to doing sessions, um, the developer side is, 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 there's a lot of stuff happening there in terms of, as Rick mentioned with application modernization and modernization of the platform, you got to modernize the identity piece as well, yeah. right? And you have to move, start moving things up, and and so it, it it's just really important for for folks to understand. I I know there's a lot of hard things. Um, we're also trying to make life easier because identity at, at, at its core can be a very challenging thing to do. Mm. Oh yes, well, I mean, it used to be you know five years and. And, and a slide deck that you paid a million dollars for that had 15 chevrons at the top and you can't do a single thing until you tick off all those 15 pieces. Now, you can't do that anymore with identity. Uh-huh. You're, you, you've got to protect that thing first. Turn on MFA. If you do nothing else, turn on MFA yeah. via conditional access and get that identity protected. And then we can start moving down the path of doing things like provisioning and deprovisioning, mm. mm. and, and which we can already do. You can actually, we have inbound provisioning through Workday, um, we're working on other platforms as well and integration there to do inbound provisioning. You can do outbound provisioning with a whole ton of applications. There's 1.3, we might be at 1.4 million applications that have integration with Azure Active Directory today. How many again? Say that number. It's, it, we're probably close to 1.4 million. I know we were 1.3. That number is two months old. And those are discrete applications. Those are applications that currently have integration with Azure Active Directory. Yep, but and, and th- but that doesn't PowerShell, matter. The fact that you have PowerShell is one of them, <laughs> right? 100%. And so all the other applications that use PowerShell in the back to make those commands count as one. <laughs> um, so Rick, what well, did you the- do last summer? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the other thing too is painted my house, uh, worked on my Jeep. <laughs> we we made a lot of announcements um, here at Ignite and and recently around partnerships that we have with things like F five. Yes where now we can expose applications behind those F5 appliances. But here's the cool thing. You can set the policy on the individual application. 
You're not just doing it. Oh, everything that hits the F5. So that changes how you can modernize your applications as well, right? Yeah. We do. Uh, so, so we've been spending a lot of time on that because we, as you mentioned, it's not the thing anymore. It's yeah. not the firewall. We have to start going, how do we get these apps? And 1.3, 1.4 million apps is awesome. But we have to make sure that we hit the ones everybody is using. And that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. So the top application providers that that, re, that, that that need authentication, we have those partnerships with them and, and they can do the things that we want them to do. And, and it's all standards based. So we're not going out and creating some new wild, wacky way to connect things. Yeah. Right. We provision through skim. Right. We do. We do password lists through FIDO, too. We contribute to the standards. I did an interview with Pamela Dingle, whose entire job, she's a director in product marketing. She works for Alex Simons in our org. And all she does is 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 standards. And it's it's incredible uh, the amount of effort and, and time and contributions that we're making to these standards to ensure that we can do this, not just now and doing it the right way, but doing it the, the right way. Yeah, we forward. were talking to Julia the other day. Um, <laughs> I've got this thing about ICS standards. Oh, so, you uh, know, Julia calendar, Foran. Yeah, a calendar invite. <laughs> like who actually <laughs> follows those standards because they're all different man <laughs> oh, oh, oh if you want to have if you want to have real fun with standards go go read the csv standard really yeah what hardcore oh it's a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot mess it's a hot mess it's old yeah. it's outdated we're doing things yeah it was never meant to be is it a is it a is that comma or that's is it the a quote of the show <laughs> that's the quote of the show right there it's yeah. a hot mess it's a hot, it's hot, a hot mess, mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. There we go. that's what pamela told me anyway uh yeah yeah it's it, look it's dns it's always dns yeah <laughs> <laughs> we always blame dns or network. I, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking. Please. Um, I mean, the show topic. I mind. Uh, no, I, I'm not. Well, it's my turn to talk now. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the question, the, the, one of the topics we're talking about today is obviously going to be multi-cloud management sort of stuff. Do you have customers asking for this? Is it only that first level of introductory people that are going that path? Or is everyone asking for this? Because is it a checkbox exercise? So, or is it a real actual ask that's happening? So to be honest with you, I think it's a real ask um, because you'll see that a particular client will never put together just an Azure um, framework for their company. They want it to be a cloud framework. Mm. So they want to make sure that these policies cover everything mm -hmm. moving forward because it's a big change for them. So they've now gone and set down policies who can do this, who can do that, that can be spun up, that can't, where can you be accessed the portal from, and that all gets documented. Mm -hmm. But there's no point in doing it just for Azure. You'll see some of the banks in South Africa, for instance, have done AWS first. Of course. Right? Yeah. And now they're porting that, that AWS document to Blueprints. Um, and obviously with something like Lighthouse coming out as well, mm -hmm. which, you know, manages those Blueprints across all those, all those different... Um, tenants um yes i would say having a single place to manage all those things is very important mm -hmm. because some of them already have them i mean you'll see cape town for instance has a very large um aws huge huge contingent um especially you know, in in particular sectors like like retail yeah retail loves amazon because for some reason you got these diehard linux dudes who haven't seen the light and they're like if you're a Linux person, then you have to go AWS and be faithful, which is like the wrong way around. 
I mean, we know this. I mean, I'm a Linux boy. <laughs> and you know, Microsoft is number one open source contributor on the planet. But no, no. You're betraying the you're betraying the shell. <laughs> if you go to Microsoft, <laughs> betraying the shell. It's a hot mess. <laughs> so, betraying betray, the shell and, uh, and and hot mess are now the themes of this particular episode of the podcast, right? I'll, but I'll yes, give you, so to answer your question, yes, I think yeah. it's I think it's. I'll, I'll give you my spin on this as well, and then I'll I'll maybe ask you to to comment on that. So my biggest ask for customers going multi cloud is that they're trying to avoid vendor lock-in mm-hmm. so i'll put a little bit here put a little bit there well i'll use the commercial angle as as you know well that i'm going to tell microsoft that i'm going to do a percentage of my workload on another cloud no matter how well how, or how badly it does it because i'm trying to avoid commercial lock-in or i want a commercial angle the biggest pain for me on that is management overhead mm-hmm. and having a uh, there's there's no single pane on anything. There's multiple places of audit. There's multiple management inf- infrastructures. Having to spend a lot of money with third parties to get those logs into a central location, which tends to be on-premises right. and not scale. Yep. So uh, I agree with that. At the same time, what I find is interesting is some customers that are jumping into this conversation without thoroughly thinking it out mm. is, uh, um, I forget who mentioned it was on online. They were talking about how if you look at doing adopting a multi-cloud environment, you're not going to get the full depth and breadth of the power of that particular platform vendor yes. because you have to leave only so much so deep. And that applies to all three of the clouds yeah. that's yeah. out there. That's why I find the, the, the concept of Arc very interesting because it doesn't matter to us where those resources happen to be. We'll give you the insights. So we're kind of like your, I'm not going to call it a SEM device, but we're kind of the, like that inside of the Azure space uh, because we bring stuff back in to do the anal- analytics on it. But you can leave your Kubernetes running over in AWS if you want to. You can have your your uh, Elastic Compute or go off and do uh, NVIDIA AI type stuff in Google if you wanted to. But you can also do it here too. Mm. And that's true for, as I mentioned, all three vendors, obviously, we will make it the best experience possible inside of our own clouds for yeah. all the different services that you have. Same thing with AWS, same thing with the Google. That's just the strategy that all three players are doing. We're the first one to go out and actually try to say, okay, well, the reality is customers are looking for this. We're asking for this. So let's go off and give you the awesome experience here inside of Azure, but then also give you the insights from those other places. Well, it's the same thing from a security perspective. And I hear this all the time when I talk about Azure Active Directory, which then tends to lead down the discussion of things like ATP mm, and yes. some of the other the other security technologies that we have because we're kind of all together because that's how we're sold, right, as mm. part of EMS. Right. Um, but, yes, there are multi-vendors out there. The, the, the one advantage that I see inside our stuff is the sheer volume of, of information and signals that we have where we're getting them from, mm-hmm. our ability to take action on those signals, and then even more importantly, how inside all of our products, we all can share that signal's data, right? And we but can all take different actions on that. At the same time, it's, it's the that. new Microsoft, right? So if you have to look from sort of when Satya took over and the, everything started getting open sourced and there was more collaboration and there weren't these big walls anymore, mm-hmm. Um, you can see that Microsoft now is probably the number one integrator of other products into their product if you look at it holistically. 
there are APIs to do so many things. There are, I mean, if you look at the graph framework, yep. Yep. you can literally do whatever you want and get any data out of it. Mm -hmm. And then you can present it in, a, in any way you want it to be. And you can do it securely. And there's like none of that. You have to stick with us anymore. One of, one of Just the, choose it and mix and match. One of the, the biggest workloads that we authenticate to is Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, we, sh we share that. We, sh we share that all the time. It's, it, it was probably in Alex's presentation uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, 100%. What's the I, I, I understand, there, but well, let's, sorry. What's the circumstance there? Well, they're they're authenticating to Google applications. Yeah, I was going to say, is it inbound from Google or is it outbound to Google? So it's it's an Azure Active Directory identity is being used to access a Google app, Google Docs or whatever happens to be out there. Because remember, and 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 identity is that's a little bit tricky in terms of you you really don't want to have identities living in multiple places. You don't because that means bad. there's more crappy passwords locating it yeah. in different yep. places. And that's another thing that somebody has to manage. Identity is the one thing that you have to get right. You have to make sure that you've got it and it's secured and it's it's protected and you can manage it and you can govern against it. There's only one of them. Yep. Well, that, I, ideally, yes. <laughs> I, ideally. If there's anything I can take away from Ignite is how I can fix that problem that I'm having. Well, but, but listen, <laughs> we and, and we're very clear about our intention moving forward. We want to take identity out of the hands of companies and businesses and everybody else and bring it back to the individual. Mm. That's that's our future vision, right? Where the, the the person can control that identity and then give the ability for me to use that and identity then somewhere the CIOs, and, then, heads explode. and then take it back. But that's that's <laughs> that's where we have to go. That, that that's where we have to go. Um, and and particularly, I mean, just look, how many of us really? Don't think our data's out there. Mm. I mean, come on. The, you were, we were talking on the way to the airport here that they there's more, us, more yeah. PII on your phone than there is on throughout your house in any documentation. Yeah. And we carry these things around with us. Yeah. Right? We connect to unsecured Wi-Fi's and, yes. and all the other bad behavior that we have. Bluetooth beaconing as you're walking through a mall. Yeah. You're right. able to know where you are in the mall and what you're doing just by having your Bluetooth stack on. So I, I understand the concern around vendor lock-in, but at the same time, there are benefits to leveraging services from a vendor that can have that communication and, and, and share that data across and making that data exposed to you so that you can take action or even better let the ai do it mm. yeah uh, i don't want to have to manage session risk that's ridiculous to me i i don't know what the best rule is for when a when a session is risky or when a user what do you mean i can't log in here in orlando and in seattle yeah. within an hour of each same other time yeah. right? <laughs> the impossible travel scenario or hey maybe i didn't know that my username and password ended up in some breach and i've not changed it and i'm a global admin yeah you, you think you might want to know about that and even better just next time go who's the right one no oh, that's me because i've got a second factor of auth yes and now joey let's reset your password or in this case, you know, just MFA me because I'm passwordless. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or um, just in time you, so you don't need to be a high-risk person with global admin that gets targeted. Well, and that's that's really the, the key piece is that you shouldn't be running global admin anyway. Yep. You should only elevate when necessary. And and even, even more importantly, we shouldn't be requiring you to be global admin to mm. do a lot of the things that you have, which is why we're doing yeah. a lot of investment, a lot of work around I was about to ask, because, uh, you know... Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in Teams that you can't do with just-in-time. Other products, yep, 
not quite there yet. But hold on a second. Teams is a very complicated beat. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But then the, the guidance that you see is I need this role in teams and I, I need that role in teams. And unless you, and even if you just untime them, unless you then decide to temporarily grant someone global admins, stuff still doesn't work, right? So RBAC is not as transparent, as ubiquitous as we wanted yet. But uh, what I'm hearing from but, you but, is but that go back it will be. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've been doing that. We've, we've made significant investments in that. We've made investments in that that we've talked about here with, with some new reader roles that we've, that, that we've announced here. So hmm. we have to continue. I, the, the best way that I can explain this is that we don't ship product anymore. I, I, we don't ship a new version of Active Directory anymore. We haven't done no. that in, in, in years and years and years. Yeah. We are a service. We enhance the service consistently. We have to go faster. Yep. We have to do it faster because we have to get to where our customers need it. Yeah. And I, that's I, a difficult thing for IT professionals to kind of get their heads around because either we're not fast enough or we're too bloody fast. But yeah. that's where that, that push and pull, we made changes because um, we understood that we had to provide this pathway to, to do hybrid identity. And where and, do you draw and, the and, line with stability as well? Right. And how do we make it easier for people to actually go passwordless? And, and, and those are things that we heard from our customers. They're like, look, this is um, Sue Bone, who I work for, says um, when we did passwordless initially, it was like a moonshot. And our customers are like, yo, what are you guys doing? We're not like this. Yes. We're like this. We need you to help us get there in this manner. And we listened and we made those adjustments. So I 100% hear you around that in our back and those kinds of things. Just as a few years ago, you had to be global admin to do everything. Mm -hmm. And that's not good behavior. We have to change that behavior internally, too. And we work on that. It's And, and it's not just, hey, the, our customers are, are Microsoft, too. Microsoft yeah. is our customer, too. And we have to make those adjustments <clears throat> yes. inside. The, the best part is, as you mentioned, we don't ship product anymore. It's services. I can't even... Not, not from the min side or the design side, as you brought up there, but even just from a user side, opening up one of my apps, be it Outlook, Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Flow, Tooling, or, or Microsoft Teams, stuff like that, <laughs> I always get a little surprise in the morning when it says, oh, you've been updated to the latest version. Like, okay, great. What changed? What can I find? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. As an oh, end yeah. user that's a geek and a, and a tech person, I love to go off and find all the new stuff that's possibly there uh, to be able to go off and find it. So in, that's the Inside of Fast. Yeah. Is this <laughs> yeah, all about all about staging out those rollouts to different people. You yeah. don't necessarily want to have that all over the place. But yeah, no, teams evolve, um, software products evolve, the stuff inside of Azure evolves. There's no longer GAs anymore. Makes it hard for us to be able to talk about announcements yes, because yes. you know, well, that's been out for a while, but it just went GA. But really, it, everyone's been using it for the last six months. So really, is it the mm. big hype anymore? Not so much so. So it's it's kind of fun to see where that uh, where that's going to continue to evolve mm. and how it changes us as technologists. We are coming up to the top of the hour. Oh yes. So and you've got a session to deliver somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Let us started twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so let us ask you: How would the like that? How would the two of you like to be found on socials? Oh, dude. No, no. Come on. Let's not assume that everybody knows who everybody is. So let's just ask Rick and Joey how they would like to be found, and then also ask you. <laughs> there you go. Shameless promotion. <laughs> Uh, um, I want one of these. What you would like to plug? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you want to go ahead and start. So, first? well, I, from a 
a social and fun and community perspective. You can find us both online together because no one knows who is who and what is what and switch and patch and patch and switch. At sign patch and switch is where we normally happen to be on the social community and the fun side. Uh, we do a podcast every other Friday on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash patch and switch. Um, and then from a personal perspective, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Joey Snow. And I'm at sign Rickster CDN. And I manage a team of folks that follow the hashtag, hashtag AZOps for our bat signal in case you have a question about operation stuff inside of Azure or on-premises or with identity or with teams or with other things like that. Uh, shoot us a message with the hashtag and one of us will be able to get you. We almost follow the sun around the earth right now. And turn on MFA. <laughs> Turn on <laughs> it's a great demo to turn that on, by the way. You know what it is? <laughs> Check. <laughs> Done. Is, is. Guys, thank you so much. Thank it's you been guys. a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks, it's, awesome. Awesome. Was sweet. <laughs> it's been an awesome show. Thank you very much. See you around. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud. Alternatively, drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc. 